Um, so, John, you've got another new show? Yeah. Well, like 400 now? You are, well, let's you see. Are. Yeah, there's, there's this, there's there's Ruminate, there, and there are three Mac Stories ones right now. There's App Stories, Mac Stories Unwind, which is, I mean, Mac Stories Unplugged, which is for the club, and Mac Stories Unwind, which is the new one. And so this show, which just came out today as we record this, is a way for us to kind of recap everything that happens in the week at Mac Stories since we've been doing all sorts of things between the site and app stories and the club all the time. We wanted to kind of give people one stop a one-stop shop to hear the highlights. Now, it's not really just like me and Federico reading the headlines. It's us talking about the highlights of what's going on on the site each week. So it's kind of a way to, if, especially if people get behind and they're busy or, you know, they just want to kind of a quick recap of what happened, they can do that and also through the show notes, get all the links to everything we're doing as a kind of a short form audio way of a guide to Mac stories. So it's, you know, it's maybe about a, there's no set length to it, but it's probably going to be around a 20 minute show or so, 20 to 30 minutes at most. And then at the end, we're going to do uh, the unwind part, which is a couple of picks for various media that each of us is enjoying that week. So, you know, TV shows, movies, video games, all that sort of stuff, which all, you know, it's kind of a nice outlet for our, it's the kind of thing that Federico and I recommend to each other all the time, but we're going to kind of share it on the show too, because, you know, why not? I think it's a nice way to kind of go into the weekend with some ideas for things to do, especially when everybody is stuck at home these days. Yeah, I was going to say it's kind of perfect for that. You know, especially right now, it's like, or they hit some movies and kind of like you say, everyone's got time. You know, it's um, yeah, exactly. Everyone's got time for some book. You know, if you can be bothered, I don't know. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't want to do anything. I just want to go out. <laughs> no, I know, I know, and I've been getting out a little bit. I've been doing some walks and runs and things, but yeah, I, the so this show is going to be every Friday morning U.S. time. So we're kind of hoping to, you know, hit everybody in the U.S. and Europe before the end of the day, uh, which which is, I think, the timing will be good. Uh, the end of the week is going to be a little hard because the end of my weeks tend to be pretty busy, but it's also kind of a short and simple show to produce. So shouldn't be too bad, and uh, I'm looking forward to doing it. The first episode is this Friday. There's a trailer out there right now. Um, uh, that you can download from any podcast player, but uh, the the first official episode is on Friday. Cool. Well, I, I'm a bit sad now. I hadn't read the article properly because I hadn't. I, I subscribed. I didn't realize it was a trailer. I was like, oh, I'm going to listen to that later. But you know, I can wait till Friday. <laughs> yeah, it's Friday's <laughs> almost here. I mean, we. Uh, I think we're actually. This is the inside baseball part. We're going to probably record it on Thursdays back to back with App Stories because usually, if you follow Mac Stories, you'll notice that usually things trail off towards the end of the week. I mean, I think that's really just part and parcel of the the news cycle is that there are very few stories that are published Thursday afternoon and Friday on Mac stories not unheard of but by Thursday afternoon when we record we'll also know what's coming Friday anyway because usually it's one of the two of us working on it so uh, we'll be able to cover everything in one neat and tidy package and have it out first thing on Fridays nice yeah so you got all the all the links are there on the on the page yes. and yeah nice well we'll make sure it's in the show notes so that 
people can subscribe like I have and but wait till Friday for an actual, you know, the full first episode. And we're using Simplecast, which is what we use for Ruminate too, because it's just so easy. Oh, nice. Yeah, I mean, you know, nice. it's one yeah, of those nice. things where we didn't really want to go through, since it's really so tightly tied to Mac stories, we just didn't really need to have its own webpage or anything like that. Instead, no, definitely right? not. So instead, we're just going to publish links to the shows on the site, and there is a page on Mac Stories, macstories.net slash unwind, that people can go to, but it's not going to have like its own internet presence in terms of a separate URL or Twitter account or anything like that. It's really, truly just part of Mac Stories. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so yeah, we hmm, talking of sort of being bored, maybe, movies, stuff like that. Um, I don't think we've ever talked about this. I don't kind of make a big thing about this, but I, I, I always I archive everything. Like I've got like a live updating archive of like my tweets. Like and for the last like seven eight years, I've written down every like book, movie, TV show I've watched. Oh wow! Um, all of that kind. Of, like I've built like a custom web app to, to keep a log of all this stuff. Um, <laughs> And, and like I say, it's not just like just movies or just TV. It's like all kinds of different stuff. Like say movies, TVs, books, uh, video games, all of that kind of stuff. It's very interesting um, that you mentioned this because I do something very similar with IFTTT that I d- haven't even looked at in probably two years. But it's just humming along in the background, cataloging my tweets, the weather. Uh, gosh, I don't even remember what is in there. There used to be, there used to be like location data, and it's all going into a plain text file that's recorded onto my Mac. And every so often, it rolls over to a new file, and it's all just sitting there somewhere on a drive. And I really don't care so much anymore. But every now and then, uh, there were times in the past where I've gone back, and it's since it's plain text, it's super easy to find things in there, you know, just with a with search terms. So that that's uh, so I'm I'm kind of right there with you in terms of the cataloging. So that's that's interesting. And you you've started cataloging uh, something else, right? Well, yeah. So I had like I say I had the, I've got this custom web app that I'd built, right. and I you know it hooks into like the MovieDB API. So I, you know I get the proper year and the proper title and all of that kind of stuff when I add new posts. Um, but I'm kind of just like you know I'm posting reviews and stuff of movies and. But I'm not. I'm not posting them anywhere. Like nobody visits the site. Like it exists on the web, but nobody looks at it. And like I've seen a lot of people using Letterboxd or Letterboxd D. I don't know. How you're supposed yeah, it's to from say that it. from um, that era I, when you took out the uh, the vowels, right? Right. Exactly. I think it's like eleven, ten, or eleven years it's old. It's been now. around. I think they started in like two thousand and nine or something. Yeah, it's been around for a very long time. So, so. The first thing I first thing I had to do was build an integration with my custom web app to read the RSS feed from Letterboxd so that I can because what I was missing out on is like I'm posting stuff and people aren't seeing what I'm writing but I'm also not seeing what people I know are writing about movies that they've seen and stuff like that oh, so I spent the time and worked out a way to or it's not particularly difficult but like I had to read the RSS feed and like grab the movie name and year and review and stuff like that out of the rss so i now post on letterbox but that also means i had to import seven years worth of movies oh wow um, <laughs> now they have like an import feature so i just had to sort of wrangle the data into the right format mm-hmm. um what does it come back to you as json or something like that uh so it just comes out of the rss feed which is like oh, xml or whatever yeah, yeah. um and I, I just check the rss feed every 
I think I do it every 12 hours or something. Oh, I see. Because, um, you know, I, I mean, how many movies am I going to watch in a in a day? Like sure. One, maybe two. So I, I didn't, it's not really worth doing it more than that. Um, but yeah, it, it, and I hadn't ever used Letterboxd before. I didn't even have an account, which I was surprised about. Um, but it's kind of nice to sort of, it's the same reason why I like archiving this stuff. If somebody says, oh, have you watched, I don't know, whatever, Hot Fuzz, I can kind of look back and I can see like when I watched it and how many times and all sort of letterboxes. I guess letterbox is what I would like to build for my custom web app if I really sort of, you know, if I had unlimited time right. to, to do that. But it exists and I don't really need to. You know, like it's there and it works. And now I've got this integration so I can still keep my archive, but I've then got the sort of social aspects of letterbox where I can follow people and, and make lists and stuff like that. Yeah, that's a great idea. I, I have an account. I haven't signed in in forever, and I don't think there's anything... If there's anything even in there, it's pretty minor. Um, but I I was talking to one of my kids about this recently because he's really a movie buff, and he, he signed up for their premium account, I don't know, beginning of the year or so. And I guess it's got some really nice features if you sign up for the premium account. Have you done that? I haven't signed up yet. I, I think I'm probably going, you know, I've only been using it like a week or something. Um, but I think I'm probably going to sign up for Pro. I think it's only like $20 for a year. I th- um, think that's about right. And and every year, supposedly, he tells me that they do a Black Friday sale where it's like 50% off if you if you can hold out until November. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, because I think it, it gets rid of the ads, which is one thing. Right. Um, and then it gives you like these stats and stuff like that and a few other abilities in lists you can like make copies of other people's lists and stuff like that i think it also tells you where things are available too, like streaming services and that sort of thing oh yeah that is one of the other f- yeah so I, I i feel like i've looked at it and i'm like yeah 20 dollars. i'd pay that for like one thing you know they've got all these features um yeah. but yeah it, it definitely seems like it's worth it and i probably will do it at some point yeah, no, that's that. That sounds really good. I should maybe check that out. I I used to be more of a cataloger person than I am now. I don't do it nearly as much. So, um, but I, but it is a good app, and I have checked it out. The you said you also watched the Lord of the Rings movie. Was this for the very first time? Yeah. Oh, how, yeah. I've not, you, not seen them before. How did you miss those? Do you know? I'm really not sure. I mean, they came out what was it 2001. Was the first one? I, I think. Guess that's about. Sounds about right. So I, I would have been, uh, God, thir- thirteen maybe, thirteen or f- yeah, about thirteen, twelve or thirteen. And I, I guess like when it came out, because I hadn't read the books, and I still haven't read the books now. Um, but like because I was thir- thirteen or fourteen, however old I was. I wasn't going to the cinema much. Yeah. And like, we didn't really have a lot of like DVDs at home. Sure. Because we just didn't. And, you know, at that point, there was no streaming services or anything like that. So it was just one of those things I'd never really got around to watching. And I wasn't, I'm not hugely interested in that kind of story. Mm-hmm. But given that we have a lot of time at the moment, I figured, well, those are long. You know, what's nine? <laughs> yeah, those are long movies too. I did not watch the extended editions. Oh, you gotta watch the extended ones. <laughs> I can't. I can't right. They don't. They really don't have <laughs> that much. I don't think. No, but just before I say anything else, like I'm glad people like these movies, <laughs> but they are <laughs> they are not for me. Like this, it, 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 
it, because I haven't read the books and I, I was like, I was just kind of, yeah, let's watch them. Like, I was so confused constantly about who was like, who was supposed to be where and like who was friends with who. And like, I think things like, it felt like they'd taken the book and they were like, right, we need every single detail from the book has to be in these movies. Um, when you compare it to something like uh, like Harry Potter, where they, I think they cut a lot out of the books for those movies because they just they were like, we can't do everything. For like the Lord of the Rings, they were like, no, we need to get everything in, and also here's these extended editions with even more stuff in. Yeah, there's so much that goes on in those books, and they're very long books. So that and and they are that kind of disjointed storytelling, you know, mechanic, I guess, where there's multiple threads happening at the same time and it's hard i think sometimes in the movies to understand what the timeline exactly is yeah definitely yeah that that was something i was really struggling with was like i I just couldn't like i said i think because they were so long and i wasn't particularly invested in what was going on like like you say i was just really struggling to follow everything yeah that makes sense well I do like them. I mean, we actually have the DVDs, and this is this is one of those situations where I eventually just stopped collecting things because streaming came along, and now I can just, you know, these things are on TV from time to time. I can watch it. It's easier, especially with those long movies, to just watch them that way instead of having to do the, the multi-DVD, you know, put in disc one, put in disc two, that kind of thing. Now, oh yeah, I suppose they probably all fit on a single Blu-ray. I am still proudly a person who has never watched a Blu-ray. Um, I I can't say that I haven't had a Blu-ray player because I've got a PS4, but uh, I've never watched Blu-rays because streaming just kind of came along, and I haven't had a 4K TV yet, so I'm perfectly content streaming my stuff. And when I get a 4K TV eventually. I'll probably at this point just stream 4K because that's a lot more common thing than it was just a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, we had you know a lot of the Disney Blu-rays and uh, Pixar as well as a lot of the Marvel stuff, and we just got to the point where we're like, what's the point in this? Like, why are we fine? There is a you know, it's obviously it is better quality from the Blu-ray. Like, even if you're streaming 4K, it is better quality. But I don't care that much. Like I can't keep around all these little bits of plastic right, exactly. all over my shelves. Like, um, you know, and especially with Disney Plus now, it's like okay, so all that stuff that we did have on Blu-ray and now own on iTunes, it's like kind of pointless because yeah. Disney Plus has everything we're ever going to watch anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think the only exception to the kind of these rules, as far as I'm concerned, is that TV is in such flux now that I do feel like if you can find a good deal on like a season of your favorite of your favorite show, like The Office or something, it's worth sometimes buying that on iTunes because you never know, it might be off the streaming service that you are you happen to subscribe to, and then you might, you know, it might not be enough to make you subscribe to wherever it moves to. So I'm kind of glad I have things like Parks and Rec and The Office and a few other shows that I've got in iTunes that I can watch whenever I want. Things that are like that I like watching more than once, which for me is pretty rare. I know a lot of people like to watch movies and things over and over, and I'll watch movies more than once, but it's pretty rare that it's more than twice. Yeah, yeah, I, I do the same as you. I've picked up exactly what you were saying, Parks and Rec, The Office. Uh, I picked up like Brooklyn Nine-Nine last year. I think it was like £15 for the first five seasons or something. 
Because um, as you say, yeah, it's great now. People go, oh, it's on Netflix, and it's like, well, it won't be for, it won't be when whatever parent company owns that decides they want it back. Right, exactly. Yeah, it, <laughs> and that's there's so much of that changing now. When it's you know, it's Seinfeld is moving, I think, and Friends, and a bunch of other things. So, yeah, it is worth worth I think buying some of your favorites on that. But it's it's less of an issue with things like movies. Those those don't really. I mean, they do come and go on services, but I. I feel like that it's less of an, a constant issue there as it is with TV. The other thing I, the other thing that kind of bugs me is uh, video games because it's always cheaper to buy them on a plastic disc, which drives me crazy. I don't know why that, how that possibly could be, other than bad economics because you're not making, you're not, you know, shipping a disc of plastic on a truck some, mm-hmm. somewhere and having it sit on a shelf in a store. But I still end up buying the digital ones a lot because. Especially with like the Switch, I don't want all those little tiny cards around. I'm going to misplace some of them at some point, and it's just easier to have them where I can download them. Yeah, I, I funny you say the Switch actually. I um, Mario and Rabbids was which I've bought. I have the physical cartridge for that. Um, it was on sale last week for like seven pound mm-hmm. on digital. So I bought it on digital and then sold the physical one on Facebook Marketplace for £15. I was like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's perfect. I had no idea. Yeah, you know, I have I have some physical ones too, and they're almost all from when the Switch was launched because when I first ordered it, I ordered Breath of the Wild, and I don't even remember, two or three other games just so I'd have some games right out of the box. And those are all physical games, but I don't. but I think since then... I don't think I've bought any. I think I bought all digital since then. Yeah, I was looking the other day, like I still want to play Link's Awakening, and it's fifty pound digital, yeah, and it's like, I but I can get it for thirty two pound on Amazon right now. Like, and I, I like you, I would prefer digital, but the um, that extra, you know, fifteen, eighteen, sometimes twenty or thirty pound difference <laughs> doesn't doesn't make up for the convenience that I get out of it for me. So I still end up buying the, the cartridges or the physical games where I do, where you know where the price doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's a really good point for ones that aren't brand new because the prices do go down. I mean, I haven't looked, but Mario Maker is another one that I've been thinking about playing. And uh, with that I don't own. And it's probably been out long enough now that it costs a little less phys- on the disc. So I may I may end up buying the cartridge for that. I don't know. We'll have to see. They just did an update, I think like a week ago, where you can not only build levels in Mario Maker, but you can actually build games because you can build little worlds uh, to, you know, to kind of navigate between levels that you create. And I, as, I think, though, that this is one of those games that appeals to me more in the idea of it than me actually ever <laughs> sitting down and designing a video game. You know what I mean? I, I don't, first of all, I don't think I'd probably be any good at it. And second of all, it just strikes me as the kind of thing that takes an inordinate amount of time to do well. Oh yeah. I mean, I think the impression I get, cause I haven't, I haven't bought that and I, you know, I no really no intention. It sounds a bit like you, to be honest. I'm like, Oh, I like the idea in theory, but <laughs> right. When am I going to spend 20 like... hours making one level of Mario? Right, exactly. I think the real "quote unquote" fun from that game comes from just like playing online. You know, other people's right. levels they created. But right. I think the problem is like the the quality can be. It's either going to be completely terrible because, as you say, I don't know how to make a game. You don't know how to make a game. 
Yeah, I think... Or it's these ones that are so extremely difficult that you're never going to want to play them anyway. Yeah, I think you have to really know where to look because I know that there are, like, some game designers and people like that who have actually, you know, published their Mario Maker levels. And that that would be really interesting to me to see someone who's got a really well-known indie game who does that kind of thing. But, but yeah, it, it, I'm sure there's plenty of junk, too. Uh, Dudgy, speaking of Mario, have you seen these rumors that for the whatever it is this year, 35th or 40th anniversary. Um, there's going to be a bunch of remakes of various different Mario games, yes. like a couple of the Wii ones and stuff like this. I'm really excited for this. This is, this is If this is true, which it sounds like it's, it's... It seems like there's a lot of truth behind these rumors. This is going to be a really good good year if these come out yeah no it sounds really it sounds really great and i think it'll be it'll be a lot of fun i'm looking i'm looking forward to myself i you know i'm right now i don't i have not played another game except for animal crossing for like the last well whatever whenever it came out so it's been at least three weeks now and i've gone from being one of those obsessive people who played it a little bit every day at least to now i pretty much just pay, play it on the weekends maybe you know like friday through sunday and because it's just sure. it, it is one of those things that can absorb you and suck up so much of your time. And I have been tempted sometimes to get up in the morning and play a little bit before I start working. And I I don't because I just know myself that once I get playing that, then I'll be thinking about it all day and I'll be distracted. And so now maybe I'll play a little bit in the evenings once in a while during the week. But for the most part, it's a weekend thing now. And I, I still like it. I mean, it's. You know, I, that that uh, that bunny event that they did for Easter was a little tedious. Uh, ho- yeah. Hopefully they'll get better at uh, those things. But they've expanded some of the stuff in the game already with an update. Uh, and so it's just as it was starting to start feeling like a chore a little bit to me, it's, it's already kind of refreshed a little bit. So I really enjoyed playing it last weekend when... You know, they they first had first, I guess last Friday was when they first added all that stuff. And I started playing it on Saturday. So, yeah, it's good. Nice. Yeah, I, st- I still haven't bought it. I'm not going to. I can't <laughs> trust myself. <laughs> yeah, it's probably, probably best. I've been talking to Federico about it a little bit. And he he played initially for several days. And then he just put it away because he he's afraid he, he's going to, play it too much and plus he's super deep into competitive pokemon now too yeah yeah it's uh it is one of those games but uh you've been doing some baking i have from what you've told me i did you know one of the things i've met i've missed being stuck at home is that we didn't have easy availability of fresh baked bread so i thought i'd make some and then i realized it's a lot harder to get the ingredients these days because apparently the entire world, including all of the, I don't know, Instagram baker influencers, if that's a thing, you know, all the, <laughs> all the millennials are making bread for the first time and showing it off on Instagram. And all I just wanted was, you know, some flour and some yeast. And it turned, it proved to be really difficult to get those two things. When I, I have mostly been buying groceries online. I have made two stops at a grocery store. And when I did, the yeast was completely sold out. Uh, I did buy, get a chance to buy some flour, and then I found a big bag of yeast on Amazon, of course. It wasn't part of, like, their grocery delivery service. It's just, like, separate. And I finally got it. It took, like, two and a half weeks to get here. But I started baking bread, and it was, you know, it's it's good. It's nice. It's something that I haven't ha- hadn't had in, like, a month and a half. So 
uh, it was a nice change of pace to have that instead of, uh, you know, even the Amazon, like even the Whole Foods bread, a lot of it was, is sold out all the time. And what, when it does come, it's, it's okay, but it's nothing, nothing great. So it's, it's kind of fun to make bread for the first time. And so I plan to do it again, probably in the next couple of days. Yeah, we, we've taken to, because as you say, the actual, the raw ingredients are sold out everywhere, like all the time. Right. Um, so we, well, I say we, I've done nothing, Jess has been <laughs> doing this, but she, she's been buying the, you know, like the cake mixes in a box that you can get. Oh, right, right. Um, you know, just, just those, and we just, you know, she'll make a cake once a week or something, because it's like, well, that's, you know, it's, it's a bit fun to do, and, yep. you know, who doesn't like cake? Uh, yeah, we've yeah, been doing. I'd, that. I'd really like some fresh bread right now. Yeah, we've been doing a little bit of the cake thing too, and it, again, it's the same thing. I, Amazon shopping has been both great and super frustrating because they are really, really struggling with keeping supplies. So, like when I go, there's two, at least here in the United States and in the Chicago area, I have the option to use either Amazon Fresh or Whole Foods, and they're different, but there's a lot of overlap. Whole Foods tends to be more expensive. So I always start on Amazon Fresh and I'll look at my past purchases because, you know, there's certain things you buy over and over again. And I'll look and easily a third of the stuff is out of stock all the time. And at some point that just becomes a huge drag where you're like, well, I can't have milk. I can't have fresh vegetables. I can't, you know, it gets, it gets old and then eventually I'll end up going out to a grocery store. But for the most part, we've done pretty well with it. I mean, it's just... It's a, it's a combination of finding the things between the two different services and then actually finding a delivery slot because those have been hard to get. You have to be, it's like buying concert tickets, really. You have to kind of go back, <laughs> you know, you, you'll, I'll go through the whole checkout process, then I'll pick it, I'll go to the, where you pick the slot and there won't be any. So, all right, I'll refresh the page periodically through the day. Eventually I'll get Amazon kind of kicks me out of the order so I have to kind of go back into the cart, <laughs> go through all the steps again, find out whether there's a slot. And eventually, usually some point during the day or the next morning, I'll find a slot. Oftentimes, I find that early morning is very a good time to do that, like 5 a.m. or something terrible like that. Oh, dear. Yeah, yeah the, deli- the deliveries and slot. I mean, I even, um, I can't remember what I think it was, a T-shirt, and I returned it to Amazon um, it, it's been lost in France for the last two weeks, and I'm still waiting for my <laughs> oh, <no>. refund. <laughs> I don't know what's happened. Like it, it went from here, and then it went to like the central hub in Birmingham, which is normally where a lot of Amazon stuff goes, and then it went to France, and it's just kind of been sat there. I'm like <laughs> I just want my refund for my like ten pound t-shirt. You know, it's really funny you say that because I actually shipped something to Federico in. I'm trying to think when it was. I think it was early March. And it was right before thing. Actually, it was probably February because it was right before things got ugly in Italy. I mean, northern Italy was locked down, but Rome wasn't. But between the time I shipped it and the time that it got there, Rome had been locked down. And so this this package started in the United States. Then it sat in like Indiana for like nine, ten days. You know, I think you know it was like FedEx thinking about whether they could get the package to Europe at all. And then it went through England, and then it went to France, and then it went to Germany. And I was like, this thing, there's no way this is ever making it to Italy. It was like way north and west of, of Rome, and then, uh, I mean, east. And then eventually it made its way into Italy. And, and it finally got there, but it took a very long time. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a weird time for shipping anything. Yeah, I wouldn't even so. attempt it now. Although it, it seems like it's, oh, no. it seems like in most countries it's still working. The one thing that I I did order, like uh, I think Stephen Hackett was doing a shirt for a while with for five twelve pixels and, mm-hmm. and Cotton Bureau. Despite the fact that you can go there now and order a shirt, Cotton Bureau is basically shut down right now, as far as I can tell, because that thing's been in limbo for like a month. Right. So I don't know. I would I would warn people from ordering Cotton Bureau shirts right now, unless they're from Mac Stories, but they won't be because we know better than to uh, than to sell something that people won't be able to get. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> no shipping stuff right now. Yeah, exactly. Let's just just enjoy the things you've got in your house, exactly. like all your Animal Crossing amiibo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they're all lined up. By the way, on a little shelf leading down to my my office because I cleaned everything up so I could write about my setup for the club on Mac stories. And I put all 16 amiibo on this little shelf along the stairs as I walked down to my office. And I'll tell you, Rob, those physical amiibos are not nearly as good as the cards and I don't have any cards. So I'm very bummed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you are set as we discussed last week, you're sitting on a gold mine, so it's not all bad. I hope so. I you know I I did too. I finally took them all out of the boxes. I couldn't take it anymore. And I wanted to test them all out, and all I can really do is have my picture taken with a handful of them on a special island at Animal Crossing. That's about all that it does right now. You can invite supposedly you can invite some of the characters to your island with the amiibo, but that seems to only be working with the characters uh, the characters that are in the cards. Right, I see. So, oh, yeah, well. It's a little bit of a disappointment so far, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping that it's all gonna, it's all gonna work out. And then someday there'll be an update and my 16 Amiibo will be a gold mine. Oh, absolutely. All right, cool. Uh, did you have anything yeah, else? I think that's it. Cool. All right, well, that was, that was a good one. And, um, you know, assuming neither of us forget or anything else, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll do, be back in a couple of right, weeks. We'll do our best. Talk to you later, Rob. <laughs> Switch your life. Bye.